Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the second episode of the Talking Jays podcast. How about them Jays, baby? Hey, we're, we're on a roll right now. I mean, we've taken 10 out of the last 13 since that little Manoa scuffle out there in Baltimore. It almost <laughs> seemed as though that would be a turnaround Fired up for, the, uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, it seems... Go a couple, a couple of rough games here and there against Seattle, but other than that, things have been going all right for the Jays. Being up say. on the Rays, love to see it. You know what? Love it's it. a good sign when you when you kind of think that it's been a little while since the last time that the bullpen blew a game, or am I losing it? And we did that recently. No, you. We did. It's been we, a while. They, they, they did against Seattle a little bit, but it wasn't like the Jays were hitting anyway. And also, like yeah. it's easy when your team's scoring ten runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had we've had a re- we've had a couple blowout games in the last little bit. Which is a, um, which is like that's an unknown for the Jays right now. And the, the Jays with the new addition of Springer. Yeah, Springer back in the lineup. It's uh, it's really been great. Like we ten one against the Rays the other day. Um, that's awesome. He's hit home run back to back days now first pitch of the, that he's seen both days yeah and you know what else too he's batting cleanup i love to see him batting cleanup you like it i like it a lot i know he's bad batted a uh, leadoff for his whole career in mlb but it's, it's something that would boost vlad even more it's it's different to have springer batting cleanup behind vlad than t oscar because springer's just that much more of a hit, better hitter no offense to t oscar he's still an all-star but Springer is much more scary. He has more depth to our lineup, I would feel like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But here's my thing. Like, it's not like Teoscar is that much of a worse hitter. Like, honestly, they're pretty even. It's just, like, when people see Springer, they think of a guy who's been in this league for five, six years, just consistently being one of the best hitters. And cheating. And <laughs> All right, we're going to just throw that one under the rug. <laughs> I mean, he he doesn't. He, you can tell he doesn't need to cheat because he's he's just not batting. On, he's not batting on real yet, but you can tell that it, he's heating up. He's he's got. He's a good player. He's a good. It's ball not player. like it's not like it was a crutch for him. No. And on honestly, at the end of the day, we're just gonna have to move on and deal with it. Cause like you can't hold that over guys for the rest of their lives. And he wasn't acting when he was in Houston. He wasn't acting like Correa. Or like mm-hmm. Bregman or Altuve. I think Springer was one of those more quiet guys along with Brantley. Who, yeah. who I think Springer was hitting well prior to the scandal too, right? Yeah. All we also don't know how long the scandal was going on for, but like we can assume Springer's been, especially to make it, everybody on the, uh, it's hard to tell because everyone on Houston's still hitting well. So that's what can true. You even say? That's true. On, honestly, that, yeah, this is what I was saying before. Like that was such a good team. They, I don't even think they needed it. No. I mean, maybe the Dodgers would have won, but it really, like, those were two good teams. It was a coin flip at that time. Back <clears> to the Jays. I think I think Springer, is, regardless of that, he's never hit in the cleanup spot. I think it's a cleanup spot. It's a perfect spot for Springer and the Jays lineup. I, at sense. first, when they first brought him back, I thought I thought the fourth spot was Teoscar just because they had done so well. From, from the top four in the lineup. But with Springer's struggles, you know, I mean, coming back, you're never going to be 100% perfect. But um, but the thing with moving to Oscar is, like, at first I was like, you don't want to change anything because one of the biggest things about baseball is comfort. You, wanna pe- you don't want to put people in the comfort zone. But 
It's not like mm-hmm. Teoscar has been a steady four hitter for the rest of it, for like his entire life, like Big Poppy or one of those well known. <coughs> sorry, one of those well known names. So there was almost really like no point in trying to keep him there as a lock. Might as well move him down in one spot. I mean, he hit what six, seven, eight for his whole time in the Jays up until last season. So yeah, I mean, Teoscar is a guy that I feel like we've gotten real consistent production out of for the last like maybe year and a half. So um, I'm I'm just kind of thinking about like you're right he he hasn't proven himself over like a very long period of time but he is one of the best young hitters in the game at this time like if we really think about it he's only what like 25 26 Tauskas I think 28 which is still not bad yeah I mean yeah I guess but he hits for power he's hitting for a bit of average recently. And he's starting to like pick up his play discipline a little bit better. Um, so I don't know. Uh, do you guys think at some point maybe George Springer moves back into his uh, his signature leadoff spot at any time? Yeah, maybe maybe Springer will go back um, if he's in a he's a nice hot streak and we have uh, Semyon. I don't Semyon's not slowing down though. Come yeah. on, Semyon <clears throat> leading the league in WAR. Yeah. I do want to get to that. I just want to say one more thing about the lineup first. Um, I think one to five. I don't know if I'd move Vladdy from the third spot, but one to five, I feel like you you have a decent combination no matter how you move it around. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how the Astros were when they did have Springer. Like you could, you know, I know Springer hit lead off a lot, but you know, he he arguably could have been a four. Correa could be a three or a four. You know, Bregman could be a two or a three, and Altuve could be a one, two, three. Yeah. So either way you put it, you're getting production. Like the Jays, like I could see Bo leading off. Like we've seen that before. We've obviously seen Biggio leading off. Um, obviously Springer. I'm wondering if Hernandez, like T. Oscar, could possibly be an option at lead off. I don't think <laughs> they'll have good enough discipline. Like yeah. it's gone a lot I mean, better. He has the on base percentage for it. Um, what I, what I'm trying to say is that it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Like for as much as we rip on Montoyo for his work with the bullpen, I feel like he's he's generally done a pretty good job with the lineup at least. And Gurriel's having an off season, so hopefully he heats up. Batting batting seventh right now. I feel like he has been seven heating eight. Up. He's been heating up uh, since since the beginning. Yeah, I remember it, at the beginning he was, was really, like the one eighty one ninety. Yeah, it was a really and, bad and, start for him. And then when he came back off of COVID, he's up to like whatever two forty, two fifty, two sixty. I don't know. I think I don't he know was exactly what it is. Today. Yeah. See that, and that's so that's coming back. But I mean, he was hitting three last season. Yeah. It's nice to have Santiago Espinal batting a cool three hundred down there in the eight stick. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we're starting to get that that uh, like bottom of the lineup depth that we need for a decent playoff run and to make up for pitching. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna have the pitching that we have, and I I hope we get uh, additions come the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna be an offensive driven team if we're gonna make the playoffs. No that, doubt about that's it. That's exactly right. Like, I think that we can definitely improve on the pitching, and I think we definitely should improve on the pitching. But I think this team is always gonna live and die by the lineup. At the end of the day. And 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 then once you know Corey Dickerson. And we can kind of transition into the recent trade here. When Corey Dickerson returns, that's just another power hitting left handed bat to maybe fill in for Guriel if his splits aren't that good against Big whatever right handed pitching. Yeah. yeah. 
for sure. I just, I just wish they still had panic a little bit because I mean, yeah, I know you have to give something to get something, but I mean, left-handed. Ah, uh, but th- at the same time, you know, Semyon Bo and and Vlad never have to really come out of the lineup, so I guess we didn't really need them. That's that's very true, and, and obviously with Espinal as well, still doing really well. We always have that if we need it at any time. Yeah. I don't know why because I've never watched Corey Dickerson hit, but I always always liked his name. Like, his respect around the league maybe is something, like watching highlights. You've definitely seen him when he was with the Rays. Maybe that's it. I've watched him face the Jays and he's been with the Rays. I've always liked him as a player. He he used to kill us (laughs) on the Rays. And Simber's been good. The Rays always kill us. Yeah. I mean, two, two appearances. Today mm-hmm. he killed think... some of the Rays. He he went against Arena, Rosarena. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, today he his first bat was Rosarena. Sat him down. So it's good to see Simber doing well. Another, another arm, possibly Montoya as an option for it. Yeah, it's just nice. It adds a little bit of uh, assurance to the bullpen. It's a different look too. Uh-huh. We don't we don't have a, a Saturn guy starting to look like the Rays in a bullpen. Romano being freaky, Simber coming from the side. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, Tim Mays is a little unorthodox too. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he he yeah, Tim Mays is also, I feel like, a little underrated. Like he comes uh, in and he. He just he just eats innings honestly. It's to not an amazing extent, or anything. Yeah. The beginning of the season was rough, but he's really really turned it on, recently. Yeah. Uh, a couple couple of meh here and there, but. Um, yeah, I feel like he's a little underrated, but definitely one of the more important pieces at the back of the bullpen. And you know, I, you know, I, you know, Simper is great, and I, I always liked him since he, I first saw him pitch with Cleveland a couple of years ago. But I don't think he is the piece. I, I don't. No, you know, I, I don't I, think I, he is either. He's not the piece, but the Jays bullpen is like a hundred piece puzzle, and we just added like five pieces with Simper. Yeah. Yeah. He's just and, uh he's a good like reinforcement guy. And, and and I mean it's so shaky now, but the only real trade that I could see them going with is Richard Rodriguez. Guy came out of nowhere for Pittsburgh I w- and Yeah, I was gonna say that that's definitely one they should target for sure. He yeah, I, I believe he also has a couple of years on his deal as well. Okay. So that that's also because like I know I know that we got Simber and he's not a free agent until like twenty twenty four. So it's it's nice to have a bit of, like, longevity as well. I really hope Nate Pearson can come back in the pen really well. I don't know. Like how Sanchez. Yeah. It would be it would be a lot like Sanchez. Sanchez was amazing in the pen, and then he moved him to a starter, <laughs> and he got blisters and just couldn't pitch. But Sanchez out of the pen with his high velocity, like two seam. Yeah. I know, I know um, Nate Pearson doesn't have that movement, but. Still, like, Nate Pierce should come out of the pen would be a, a demon, like, for, he, to set up would, for Romano. He would definitely be throwing harder than Sanchez was. Yeah. He'd, he'd, yeah. he'd be, like, he'd the be new the, Gen Chapman. Yeah, he'd be, like, Chapman level. Remember when he was in the we, Futures game, like, a couple of years ago? He's touching, like, 104, like, consistently. It's nuts. I was really hoping he'd get to, him under control. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit unfortunate that he's had so much problems to deal with. Like coming up, he not like not even talking about the injuries, but he he's had like definitely a few rough starts, and going to AAA, getting injured, like 
But it took Vlad two years <clears throat> until he came and is playing like he is now. So I don't blame, especially as a pitcher, where you don't play every day. You play every five days. Yeah. Right? So I don't blame him for starting out rough because he's probably had <laughs> 20 appearances. Barely. Barely. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I think it's like six. <laughs> I'm talking about like even even considering like AAA. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 Probably like yeah. twenty pro appearances. Yeah. So, in like the last year. I right. Think. So you can't. He's he's got time. I'm not worried about him. He's young. He's got time. He's gonna be great. But uh, circling back to the lineup, what do we think of Semi and his contract? Well, obviously we knew that when we signed him, we signed him to a one year deal. He had an off year in 2020, and I think he's on like 18 million right now. And it was a bit of a prove me, prove yourself deal for him, and um, yeah, obviously he gambled on himself, and it worked out very well for him because he's gonna get a huge contract at the end of the season. But how old is he? Twenty nine. Thirty one. Thirty one. He is uh thirty uh thirty one as of September seventeenth, nineteen ninety. Thirty one years old. I don't see him getting longer than a four, five-year deal. I mean, Springer's what thirty-one as well. Yeah, Springer's thirty-one. He got, he got six. six years from the Jays. Fair enough. So like five years is a good rough estimate. I would say I would love to keep Semyon for four years. I we would have to probably have to give up more for him to lock him down because he'll want that. But mm-hmm. I would love to see him in Jays uniform for like four more years. He's he's solid defensively. Right, yeah. I'm not scared when the ball comes to him. Um, putting up huge numbers at the plate, like you can't complain with anything he's done, and we got him for like a cracker. He's first in the MLB for position players in WAR. Batting, I won't say his numbers yet because it's gonna come later. But he, he, his numbers are impressive too in the last month. And and like. He, I think it was 2019 or 2018 when he, he came, like, third in MVP voting. That was the year before he took the year off, right? It, yeah, I think it was the year before COVID. Yeah, so and then, it was his last year before he took the year off. He he came, like, third in MVP voting, having an amazing year. So it's not that he's unreliable. It's just a one-off season. He's been really well, and it's coming from second base. Yeah. Like, there's nobody else in second base even putting up anywhere near these numbers. Maybe DJ last year, but DJ only had bad on average. DJ has no pop. Like, Semyon has 20 home runs, 21 home runs? 21. 21 home runs, and we're halfway through the season at second base and leading, batting like 300 something. Yep. And I just want to bring up something funny. You you were just saying how Semyon is solid defensively. It's, it's hilarious because... Um, I think it was 2015. If it wasn't 2016, but I'm pretty sure it was 15. He was by far the worst defensive player in the league. I remember far. hearing about that. I remember he was like every game, every game. It's terrible. I, I guess and it's safe to say that he improved quite a bit. Especially when he was maturity, though, right in the league, maturity in the league. Yeah. And he was third in MVP in 2019, so there's definitely improvement there. Um and. One more thing. I actually I looked back at some old baseball cards I have, and I found I have his rookie card when he came up as a third baseman for the White Sox. Wow. So I, I yeah. have him. I have Ryu for for rookies on the Jays now, which is kind of crazy. I never would have thought some of these guys would end up on the Jays. Who would have thought? 
Talking about um, Semyon on the White Sox, I think it's really funny that they had the White Sox had both Semyon and Tatis at the same time. That's weird. I don't know if it was the same time, but but they both had they definitely, two amazing yeah, yeah. middle infielders. Yeah, they had Semyon and they traded him to the Athletics, and they traded Tatis to the Padres, obviously, and. <laughs> It's only like you could only think about like that that White Sox lineup that they have right now, like what that would look like with these two absolute studs in their lineup. At least, at least they got Madrigal and Tim Anderson. I mean, I Imagine, know Madrigal's uh, hurt. You, Madrigal and Tim Anderson, Simeon and Tatis would be a huge upgrade. Oh yeah, not, definitely not by much, but like Madrigal like, has like one home run. Yeah, he has no pop, but. He's a good he's a good leadoff guy for sure. And Anderson, a lot of people call Anderson uh, overrated, and I understand why. But I just I love that tree swinging shortstop, like at the, at the one, that kind of like Bo, like just someone that can go up there and you just know they're gonna put the ball in play at least. He is a little like Bo for sure. Like as a player, he's definitely he's definitely a good player. I find him a little arrogant. Yeah, everyone's everyone's got their thing about about him. I mean. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between confident and, and arrogant, and that's yeah, kind of the thing with sure. Bo too. People are saying Bo's not too humble because he's, he's, you know, he he likes to stare, but that, that that a lot of time just comes with confidence, which is in in the sport of baseball something that you need immensely. If you don't yeah, have sure. confidence or that that type of like cockiness, I don't know how you're going to go anywhere. Even just confidence at the anything. plate. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. guys are on streaks, it's true that the ball does seem bigger. You just oh, don't yeah. miss. You're not going to do well at the plate if you don't go up there thinking that you're going to get a hit. If you're up there thinking, like, oh, like, I hope I don't strike out this time. Like, you know, you're, you're not going to do very well. So, obviously, yeah, confidence is a huge part of it as well. And, and then that, that just comes out in certain guys different ways. Some, some can you know, be, I guess, humble about it and others show it off, but that, that's just how they do. That's kind of – what are you going to – say really i guess yeah i mean there's there's and, there's some guys like that for sure in the mlb i feel like tiosk is a very humble guy I, I don't know well, if it's just him with the kids no, definitely but i'm really proud of him for making the all-star team for sure the starter uh he he's come a long way i yeah. think from when he first started with the jays he was very like pretty unreliable like he, i loved yeah, watching he him play, cause I, he, could, he could hit the ball hard mm-hmm. but he was pretty unreliable until last season and it's just good to see him blossom to the great ball player he's become uh, starting the lineup in the outfield. I remember I always used to say that he was like Jose Bautista Part Two, <laughs> and it re- it actually turned out to be exactly that. Almost. I'm almost. I Bautista's mean, too legendary. Okay, yeah, but I mean Bautista <laughs> had those like, I don't think Tioscar's come anywhere near those 2010, 2011 seasons from Bautista, but it's the same kind of player. Like if you get what I mean. Yeah, a power hitting right fielder. Yeah, high strikeout. Cannon. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Bautista walks more, too. That's me? What? Oh, but, what? <laughs> Bautista used to walk all the time. Yeah, all I don't think I don't even think Vladdy walks as much as Bautista used to. No, but Bautista and Encarnacion are kind of like now Vlad and Teoscar, kind of the reincarnation, like reincarnation yeah. which is pretty cool to see. I, 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 I honestly, this I don't know if this is a hot take or anything, but to me... The lineup that we have right now is better than the 2015, 2016 I, core. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. 
I'm gonna say I, yes. I right now, like going into today, I would say it has a possibility to be better. I wouldn't say right now we're not as good just because of the experience. Okay, yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we have the exact same like level of results, but in terms of talent, it has to be right there. Not even results. I just think if you put the 2015 <laughs> team versus the 2021 team. 2015 team wins. We have, they had better pitching and they had. They win off of pitching but, though. But there's yeah, that's still part of the team. But the batting I'm talking about the lineup. Just lineup. Yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe maybe the lineup might be a bit better in depth too. Actually, we had tons of depth too in 2015. Yeah, uh, but oh. I mean, Goins, Goins, Pilar, and Ben we, Revere. Like as much as we praise them because we love that team, they, I they, to me those three aren't. Con- I don't really compare to what. Biggio, McGuire, and Randall Gritchick are doing right now. Fair right enough. now. Fair enough. I would I will say that Pilar did have a good year that time. That year that he had that was probably his best season. Also Russell Martin was terrible. I hated watching himself. He was play. good in twenty fifteen though. He was a ground ball machine. Literally I went to the game I went to the twenty sixteen game. Yes, he hit a ground ball and then... he hit a ground ball to walk off the game. <laughs> I was at the game three in 2016 he against was, Texas. He, he was literally great. hit a ground ball, double play ball to end the game, but it turned out to be a walk-off or to end the inning. Like, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, the Donaldson. You were at that game? I was at that game. That was no crazy. Way. The, the Donaldson dash? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And then, Russell Martin was good that year, though. Yeah. He, he uh, just hit the ball on the ground, which I hated. And But anyways, back to what I wanted to say was – I can't wait till for the season where the Jays have uh, a whole infield at the All Star game. <laughs> I can't wait till the day where I, you th- you think that's possible. It's possible, but there's also fans of other teams. There are that's also the fans of other teams, but imagine a All Star game in Toronto when the Jays are in a prime. We just won a World Series, and it's <laughs> Vlad, Bo, Semyon, Cavan. <laughs> for that to happen, for that to happen, we'd we'd have to re-sign Simeon for sure. Yeah, but and even even coming up, we have Groshans and Austin Martin, and that's why that's why I'm thinking we might not re-sign Simeon. That, that's what, but imagine imagine the pitching you could get out of uh, whatever his name is Groshans though. I I love Groshans though, and me too. I would even like you don't even know if he's gonna pan out. I think he will, but the, the safe bet is to sign Simeon. Groshans is coming up. Trade Semyon as much as we love him for pitching. No, you trade Groshans. You trade Groshans. You trade for one pitching. of them for pitching. Regardless, if one does bad, you have a backup. You don't oh, need yeah. to go all in already. But I don't know if it's so so unlikely that Groshans ends up being like an MVP caliber infielder. Fair enough. Yeah. Like we, if we have that in Semyon, like why? Um. It's tough though, cause Simeon's getting older. Yeah, Dude, and, it's, but, it's but, two different trajectories. But the thing is, is that yeah, Simeon's getting older. But you know, the Jays window is big, but it, it's not that big. Like yeah, it's not like it's true. not like the Jays are gonna be good. Like the Astros, you know, the Astros have been good since seventeen. I guess, I guess maybe they're not gonna have like a Dodgers dynasty. So you really only have like a four year window. And if you're gonna sign, you know, Simeon until he's thirty four along with Springer, I mean, that's basically your window right there. And yeah, you, I, mean, I think our window is until Springer's contract is up for sure. Yeah, and and that's that's when I mean I, I know they're gonna try to get Vlad and some of those guys on extensions, but I mean how much is how much do you really think they're gonna resign? Unless I mean they could I mean all of them do. So I guess I'm wrong there. 
Yeah, they all love each other. I feel like yeah, out I of mean, all the teams, the Jays have an amazing like clubhouse vibe and energy that they all love each other. The Jays are the most likable team. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. I just think that um, if they do, if all these guys resign, like Bo and Vlad and Biju and all these young guys, when they're resigned, we aren't gonna have the the like f- like financial freedom that we have now to spend on guys. Yeah. Like if Vladdy is signed to like a three hundred, four hundred million dollar contract, and Bo sign all these guys, we aren't gonna be able to go out and just get any free agent that we want. But with uh, with guys like Groshans, even Martin coming up, and then even like Martin some... switches center, right? Um, is he playing center field in Double A? I think he is. Do you I know don't, Cruz? I don't know. I don't know actually. I know he has the possibility to. But I don't know he if might be doing playing that. shortstop, and then Groshans is playing third. They're they're both in Double A currently. Yeah. Okay, it's it's New Hampshire, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay, so I'll, I'll check for you guys. On the website, on the website. Yeah, I would. I would guess he's a shortstop for now. He did play center field in college, though, for Vanderbilt. I remember seeing I mean, he's, that. He's a, he's athletic. Six foot yeah, one eight, he, Yeah, he's definitely got the ability to play center if he wanted to. He's batting two seventy eight with four hundred on base. Yeah, his on okay. base is crazy. Like they're both having amazing seasons right now at Double A, which is pretty awesome to see. So hear me out. So so Groshans comes up, right? Let's say let's say let's say the Jays get really greedy and they just keep all the depth they have and Groshans comes up, they re sign Simi and all that, and Martin comes up. Where do those two fit in the lineup exactly? Let's say let's say the Jays lineup is exactly the same as it is this year as it is when those two come up. Where do you guys think that they'll even I would I would slot? move Bizio to second, <laughs> Groshans to third, Semyon can DH. Austin Martin to center. Bo short. Yeah. It's, no, Bo's got to be on second. Why? Who's the, who's the shorter? Because if you have, like, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Bo, Bo's the short. Yeah. 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 And then, Vla- yeah. I don't, that's, that, that's definitely not realistic, though. Just because, like, we still have, like, T. Oscar and Gritchuk and... Guriel as well. So, how 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 long is Grichik signed in? Do I think he's only on a two year deal or something. I know he got. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Uh, I'll just check real quick because I this will be a point that will actually be useful. Um, he is free agent of twenty twenty four. Oh, okay. Well, we have him for a little while then. Trade him. Honestly, him. He he, he's the as much as I hate it because you know Randall's been there through through tough times with the Jays, so I don't you know I feel like it'd be so unfair to just kind of like Demar, I guess, is what I'm comparing it to, just to trade him Mm -hmm. away, just as the team's starting to get good. But I mean, there's anyone here that I'm gonna see the Jays trade at Gurchik unless unless they really want to unless they want to unload Guriel, which I wouldn't I wouldn't be okay with. I I only see being Gurchik. Guriel is just the same as Grichik, I feel like. Grichik, Guriel definitely has a higher ceiling. Gr- yeah. Like, what we've seen out of Grichik is all we're going to get. Yeah. I, I mean, Guriel was almost a gold glover last season, and he, he's hit, like, 280 in the last two, like, full seasons. He He's he's consistently hit 280 with some defensive upside. 
and some power. He's a good. He's a good bottom three, like for our lineup. Other teams, they would not have him. In Realistically, there. he's a six hitter or seven hitter. Yeah, I, I see him as a as if he's not hitting two or three, it's six seven. Yeah, in our lineup at least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, in the Jays lineup, he's a six seven. But I mean, there's a lot of teams that I'm sure could use him somewhere. You guys think it's time for player of the week? Player of the week? Okay, let's do it. Who wants to go first? You can. Um, Me? Okay, so I wanted to say Alec Manoa. And just, this be- is just a background first. This is Jay's player of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Alec Manoa only had one start this week, but it was a beauty. Seven innings, three hits, ten strikeouts, only one walk. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this was probably... Yeah, no earned runs as well, and then I think this was probably his best performance that we've seen from him at the major league level. One of the best Blue Jays starts this season. Honestly, yeah, it it it's hard to say that, but yeah, it really was. Um, I I don't know if uh, like that slider was just amazing all night. He was just pounding the zone. It was an awesome awesome to see. Um, I th- I really think honestly. Here's what I'll say. I will say that I was one of the people that was a little skeptical of bringing up Alec Manoa as early as we did, but he definitely proved me wrong because he's been arguably our most consistent starter since we've called him up. He, he's had a couple little uh, shaky starts here and there. And if you, it's funny. If you look at his game logs, he actually does worse against worse teams like Marlon. He pitched horribly against the Marlins that one time. He pitched horribly against Baltimore that one time. The other time he pitched well, but I think it was because he was amped up after that fight from the previous week. But what, I feel like when he gets put in the spotlight against tough teams like the Rays and the Yankees, he, he really got, comes through. There's got to be some sort of a general rush or some sort of major focus. Maybe, maybe. maybe his confidence does yeah, something. But. He, he gives me that vibe that he's like a big game pitcher. And, and it's funny, you know, we, we were already – Comparing guys, 2015, he he's like a big version of Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I've always said that. Just like the the like the way he carries himself on the field, he wears number six too. <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't think yeah, of that. Yeah, he yeah. wears number six. I mean, yeah, he's just got that like kind of like bulldog personality, like when he, he's out there. He's got that energy. Yeah, I mean, I guess the did, does he throw harder than Stroman? I guess they they're sitting around the same. About the same, 95-ish. Nasty slider. Yeah, okay, so who wants to go next? Cruz? Yeah, I got it. I'm going to go with another pitcher. I'm going to go with Ross Stripling, mainly because he's had a very, very, very good bounce back at the beginning of the season. I mean, for a good portion, I think a month and a bit, he had like a 7 ERA. And in his last two starts, he has a 2.53 ERA. That's, That's three earned runs and 10... Ten and two thirds innings. Uh, and he allowed those two home runs in the in the start previous to the one uh, just today. But you know, eight strikeouts, one point one three whip isn't too great. You know, one point nine five average against is really great for you know a guy who had a seven ERA just not too long ago. But I'm, I'm gonna go with Stripling because uh, everyone big pick me up. Yeah, everyone definitely, yeah. definitely. And, and you know, looking at the at the. Um, the Jays prior to the season, when you look at their 
starting pitching, everyone's pretty skeptical, saying this, you know, this team doesn't have the pitching, which they weren't lying. I mean, obviously the Jays' pitching hasn't been the greatest, but Shifling is one of those guys with a question mark because how do you how do you go from a 2019 All Star to just you know seven ERA in just mm-hmm. two years and nothing's really changed. But and you know something like anything's changed in his Arsenal too much. I think he's just gotten smarter with what he's doing. You know Hazel May, I remember a couple of times she said, you know he he was of course you know no one would be happy with having a seven ERA. I mean I couldn't imagine someone that would be, but. You know, he really wanted to do something about it. So I think he's really gone in and really dug into, or he's really, you know, kind of bet on himself and really just trying to go all in and figure it out. And it, it seems to be working. I mean, I mean, no one else is, he's had like the best ERA in the month of June, I'm pretty sure. I, I know we're just talking about the week, but still, I mean, two starts, two pretty quality starts. I definitely, I'd say he's really turned on the Jets. Yeah, he's really stabilized our rotation a lot. Like, uh, last couple of years, it's always been like one or two spots where we just really didn't know what we were going to get. And, you know, to have guys like Stripling and even like to a lesser degree, Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, like in the last little while. I love, I love Robbie Ray. I love Robbie Ray too. Me too. Back to Stripling. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean like it's just nice to have five guys that can go out there and we can count on every day. It feels really good. I don't think we're there Which... yet, but... To, We're getting it's to a lesser degree than I would like, but I don't feel like I don't ever feel like it's a throwaway game. Yeah, we have a chance in every game. Yeah, you know, yeah, Fair especially enough. with the way that our offense is is going, it like you don't we don't need guys that are we don't need Jacob Degrom pitching every every day, like we just need we just need to guys go out there and eat innings and not get blown up, and if if Ross Stripling is gonna do that, then that's that's perfect for us. I've actually got a stat here. Um, Ross Stripling's season ERA has gone from 7.20 to 4.06 over his last eight starts. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, and just to also uh, also go back, I know we're going back a little bit to Manoa, but um, in the last start that he had, his uh, consecutive strikeouts of seven is the highest in Blue Jays franchise history. Wow, that's really impressive. Really, is the highest in franchise history. First of many records. Let's hope. I hope so. Imagine a Manoa Pearson punch in the playoffs. Oh wow! You sprinkle a little Ryu in the between them. That's done. Three game wild card series. See you later. And what would be player of the week if we did not touch on Marcus Semien? This guy is out here playing his. Mind off. He this last week he batted a four twenty three average, four sixty four on base percentage with one point. I'm just gonna say thirteen hundred OPS. Eight eighty five slugging. Yeah, he he led the Jays in every single stat category basically except for on base percentage where Springer had five hundred. Yeah, and that's what you're gonna get batting four, and Semien's batting lead off. No one walks lead off batter like that. Anyways, but Semyon out here playing his mind off. We had three doubles and three home runs with nine RBIs, leading the Jays in everything. I just think the amazing upside we're getting from this guy is unreal, and he's even some weeks blowing Vladdy away, which yeah, is which scary is kind of crazy. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I really hope we do find a way to bring him back. Maybe if, if even I don't know if he'll want. To go short on a deal, but hopefully, maybe I don't know. 
hopefully they can open up the Rogers Center. We can all flood those the crowds and let them know we need them. But yeah, that's another thing. Like how like maybe he would maybe he'd be way more inclined to resign if he saw the Toronto fans coming out. Because I don't know if he's gonna get he's not gonna get that in Oakland. Like the last time he's playing I mean, in front of fans was the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> Oakland had like four thousand people in their last. <laughs> Like yeah. in their whatever opening day of full capacity. Has he ever really like witnessed his own home fans like coming out like the Toronto fans do? I don't think so. Toronto fans go crazy. We know that. Yeah. At least when we're good. What's kind of ironic is uh, uh, I remember the day the Jays signed Sammy, and you kind of look at him and you're like, "This, this is a weird one." Because uh, you know the Jays have so many middle infielders to begin I, with. Yeah, and I thought it was really. He's weird older. Story. I remember you know one of my friends, the one that's actually he's cousin of Teoscar. He was like, "Ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Jays don't need him." And and mm-hmm. he, I, I don't blame him really because a lot of us were also questioning it. But it's just you know funny how. At first, we're like, okay, Simeon will probably hit six, and now he's, you know, lead off, leading in war, all that, MVP, or sorry, not MVP, All Star starter, all could that. Be MVP, like he should he, be in the top. He won't be, but he's definitely in. He the... should be mentioned, honorable mention, but. I think he is he the front runner if you take out the two, absolutely bonkers seasons we're getting from Flatty and Otani. Yeah, he like, <laughs> like is he third? I don't know. Like he should be. I think he should be third voting. And again, like. Right. Because, like, I don't think he's got a chance to pass Vladdy. Nobody's passing Otani. Yeah. I know we talked about this last week, but now Otani's at 30 home runs. He's just a different beast. It's not, it, Vladdy can't do anything anymore to get MVP away from Otani. And, and you know, Vlad's second in everything. I understand that. But yeah. he, he, he doesn't lead in any of the Triple Crown things anymore. Oh, he doesn't? No. He's, think he he's one RBI. RBI. Oh, okay. But as of before the game today, he was one behind Devers three home runs behind Otani and like two or three points behind Brantley. Like, now, now that's not far, but still he's kind of, he hasn't dropped off, but he's not really in that triple crown area where he's leading in like one or two. He, he can come back. No doubt. He can easily come back, but if he does, it'll be even closer. As of right now, it's um, Otani by trillion. Yeah. No, D- like despite if, that if, awful Vlad, even outing, if Vladdy, like at this point, even if Vladdy wins the triple crown, it's going to be Otani, and it's going to be not close, in my opinion. Can we go to a Jays game and start an MVP champ? I, no, honestly, as much as I think that Vladdy has absolutely no chance of winning the MVP, if I was at a game, I'd be doing the MVP champ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would totally be doing it. It's so much I'd fun. get tickets down first baseline, right beside Vlad. Yeah. I just yeah. want to talk to him. Get him to sign. Honestly, I'd love to meet that guy. He seems like such a friendly guy. <laughs> he just looks like he loves life. <laughs> he looks like a big teddy bear. <laughs> that IKEA teddy bear. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. Oh yeah, if you know what the IKEA teddy bear looks like, you know. Vladdy's <laughs> the personification of it. Back yeah, to, I, mean, I mean, back to Semyon. It, it it blows me away. It it it's crazy to me. How people were saying that, um, I just looked up Ikea teddy bear. <laughs> oh my god. Oh Isn't it awesome? I, I want one so bad. <laughs> Is it really big? Can we get sponsored by Ikea? Yeah, it's huge. It's like, That's I think it's like five feet tall or something. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I want an um, Ikea sponsor now. That'd be crazy. <laughs> um, it'd be, 
it's just amazing to me how people say that Simeon snubbed Altuve of the uh, of of the All Star start. He's he's literally beating him in every major category. What more yeah, do you well, want? Houston fans are a different breed, bro. They are. Like, They're see, ridiculous. Like, realistically, who was really snubbed? Cedric was snubbed for sure. Um, I, I would debate Max. I think Max Muncy should have gotten in. Yeah, me too. And I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna like not show love to Freddie Freeman though, because I love him. But oh yeah, me too. Max had a great season. Muncy should it, should go to the uh, home run derby. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. I'd like to see that. Me too. You guys and have? I know there's uh, five guys in right now. Do you guys have any predictions for the last three? Uh, As of right now, uh, I feel like Pilonzo knows how to win home run derbies. He's in already. He knows how to win because he, oh, he got it tired. I thought he meant who's going to win out of the five No, guys. I. Uh, oh, yeah. who's going to fill in the last spot? Yeah. Uh, I think Cruz said earlier, Jock. Yeah. Imagine Jock and Muncy. <laughs> Two Dodgers. Yeah, for I sure. Would, I don't know why Salvi is in it. Salvi isn't a home run hitter. <laughs> yeah, Salvi's never been a big power guy, to be honest. He's just a pesky hitter. For a big guy. Ooh, he he declined. I don't think any of these big guys are going to do it now. I don't know why. It's seeming like all these big guys are like shying away from it. Really? Like, Vladdy's not doing it. Well, Vlad, well, Vlad did it last year, and he, he wasn't on a season like he has to do it right now. He has his eyes on the prize right now. He 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 doesn't want to mess up his swing. That's very true. But so is Tatis. But Tatis doesn't. I feel like like Vlad and Tatis are two different guys. I mean, I guess, but they're both like elite hitters. With elite power hitters. I feel like Tatis would be more inclined to participate. But don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it. Like, I feel really robbed. I I understand. Big Oh, <laughs> that honestly, that's a sleeper. What what year was it? There was a pitcher who did it a couple years, like not a couple years ago, but like and like recently, right? Or am I losing it? You might be losing it. I want to say like Bumgarner did it though. I I looked up pitcher in the home run derby and Shohei Otani's first thing to come up. <laughs> I feel like Bumgarner did it at some time. You might be uh, having a few loose screws. I don't. I don't see anything. <laughs> no, I don't see. Anything. Oh no! That he was trying to get in and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so funny. That he he's a good power hitter though. Power yeah. Runner? Maybe Michael maybe Lorenzo. a judge. Yeah. I, I feel. I feel like that's kind of boring. That's boring. And what do you want? I just don't want to I- see judge. Pablo? I want Joey Gallo. I would honestly, I, Pablo. Pablo. Imagine Gallo would be fun. Gallo for sure. You guys want to talk about our uh, underrated players so far? The month of June. Yeah, as well. Let's do it. So we got underrated players for each month. We're gonna do a little segment here where we talk about guys that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. So who wants to go first? I'm going I'm to go ahead and talk about, because we were just talking about him, I was uh, robbed of a starter spot in the uh, All-Star game. Cedric Mullins. In the month of June, he slashed a 380, 452, and 720, which is a slugging or um, OPS of about 
1200 yeah about 1200 <laughs> something like that <laughs> he, he had the highest uh war in the month of june out of all players with 2.1 yeah he, re- he really got snubbed hard hopefully he makes the uh the reserves he should he, he should for sure he's he's in my uh my list that i'll get here to later of my who i think will make it into the reserves but I, yeah i might just be you know kind of what's the word i'm looking for i might just be you know, saying something that's a little doesn't, obvious here. Doesn't but, every team have to have one player? guy? Yeah. So yeah. He, he's gonna make Orioles it. Are terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like honestly, he's their best bet for sure. I mean, they, does John Means have a chance? No, he's hurt. And Mancini, oh. I, I don't think we'll get in because it's it's Vlad and Olson. So. Yeah, for sure. Mancini but, will be fun to watch in the derby, though. Oh, one hundred percent. What a great story, and I, I think we should do. You know our own segment on him in a later episode, but I'm so yeah, happy it, to see him it, back. I'm so yeah, it's really awesome. And I might just be saying something that's a little obvious here, but I think part of Cedric's uh, issue in getting into the All Star game and lacking the votes is just just because he plays for the Orioles, realistically. And they yeah. don't. And the Orioles are not. It's crazy to think about that we were both at the wild card in 2016, the Jays and the Orioles. And one of us is back to competing again, and the other one is still in the basement. So I mean, it's not it's not um, not surprising that they don't have as many fans as a team like Toronto or any of the other big teams. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of just getting all-star votes is just getting um, getting your, your team's fans to vote. And obviously, there's not a huge turnout for Baltimore at this time. So, and that, um, that's how Tay Oscar got in. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I mean well. We'll get to that later, but I mean, when fans can rally behind someone, especially fans of an entire country, it's a it's a it's a, it's a given at that point. Yeah, but he he deserved a starting spot, especially over Trout. Like Trout's injured, and yeah. Buxton. Like, yeah, I don't know if but I don't think Buxton got the starting spot, but still, like, why no. is everyone voting for injured players? Stupid. Teoscar beat. Uh, an injured Byron Buxton by five thousand votes. Wow. That's that's so tight. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to get too far into this uh, before before we start to lose our, our you know, train of thought here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. For for my uh, underrated, I was initially I was going to go Stephen Degar, but I'm looking at this. I think Brian Reynolds is really underrated. He Brian, is because nobody Brian, ever. He's on Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds has a 13 offensive war. His defense war isn't that great, uh, mind you, but you know, 1.6 war. I mean, that's tied with guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., Tommy Pham, Jose Altuve. That's in the month of June, just to mm-hmm. uh, just to be clear. Kyle Schwarber, all these guys had amazing Junes, and he's right there, and not a single peep from anybody. Yeah, and that's just and, goes back to the point about Baltimore. Like Pittsburgh's a tiny market. Yeah, so very, like, very tiny. Yeah. Yeah, and and another reason I picked him also to segue is I put him on also who I think could be on the reserves for the All Star game, uh, just given sure. the outfield. Sure, he definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. Did he get I votes? Come... I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll check right now. Uh, I don't particularly think so, but just because mm. he only really turned on the Jets in June. I think he might have been injured or just you know wasn't himself. But prior to June, he really wasn't too great. Well, so... I'm just seeing this, uh, like, on the season, like, in general, he's got 
949 OPS. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's that's pretty, that's nothing to scoff at. Like, that's really good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, um, so, uh, for my underrated player, um, I picked Joey Gallo. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's too underrated, but I definitely think that he's had a bit of a, a, a month that flew under the radar a little bit. He slashed two, 263, 434, 671 with 10 home runs and a ridiculous 23.2% walk rate, which is, like, just crazy. Not quite Bonds level, but, I mean, when are we ever going to see that ever again? <laughs> but, like, I mean... For, for someone who strikes out a lot, he mm-hmm. he does walk quite a bit. Like, like a lot, he, actually. It's it's almost unheard of to see guys who, who, like, can maintain that, like, ratio between their walks and strikeouts. And, and it's crazy because usually the guys you see that, um, like, can keep that walk-strikeout ratio, like, pretty pretty close are guys that don't strike out a lot. But Gallo strikes out a ton. He's got, like, a 25% strikeout rate, but it's just he walks so much that it's almost balanced. It's, it's really crazy. He's one and, of those, like, three true outcome guys, home run, strikeout, or walk. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, no, he's had, he's had an amazing month and I, I don't think he got any votes for the all-star game either. Which, Joey Gallo, uh, uh, he, or like, I don't think he was like a finalist. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. 1.5 war, which is again, as you said, in line with guys like Tatis and all that 191 weighted runs created. So obviously a monster month for him offensively. And, um, yeah, honestly, if he can keep that kind of stuff up, then he's, he's honestly one of the best power hitters in the game. If you can, if you can continue that kind of stuff, obviously it's, uh, it's a big ask, but Gallo's has always been one of those guys who's got extremely good power. And obviously he'd be really fun to watch as well in the home run derby. If he would ever do it. He should. I think he should too. I think he'd be, I feel like he's a, he's a good guy connected cause he always did the show streams on twitch yeah yeah i just feel like he like there's always one guy every year in the home run derby there's always one guy that puts on a show like like the last time they did it was vladi obviously i feel like if gallo were to do it it'd be him yeah i agree any certain direction you guys want to head in now anything um Um, you want to do our uh our drip or drown section that's what i was thinking so do you want to you want to go go over it a bit? Yeah. So the dripping ground section is we're gonna choose each of us two teams that we think will either drip, come uh, back and play very well, or drown and basically fall off. So I'll go first, and the team that I and, think and and this is monthly, by the way. Yeah. This yeah. is this is monthly as well. A team that I think that will drip or play very well would be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not that Angels. Cut that out. A team that I think that will play very well is the Los Angeles Angels. Now, they have been playing decent all year, and I only chose this pick solely because the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, is injured, and he is coming back soon. And they already have MVP, Shoyo Otani. So it's basically a team with two MVPs, one being a pitcher and a hitter. Um, I just think their uh, offense will carry them into a hopefully... A better second half of the season. 
Yeah, no, if Trout comes back, like, I can't really think of a better two, two, um... One-two punch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, if... Obviously, Trout's the best player in the, the, the league, like, no question about it. And Otani has reached an entirely new level this year. So, I mean, it's it's the kind of the same situation as we were talking about with the Jays. Like, they don't need... They don't need hugely shut down guys to be successful. They're just gonna need guys to keep them afloat, and so that's that's not too much to ask from the Angels' pitching staff. And if they can get that, then they can definitely be successful. I think. One thing about the Angels this season is they've had a you know a, a probably I'd say a pretty decently hard schedule according to Power Rankings. We were a site that I just kind of. Stumbled across one day. They 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 like to rank uh, who's had the easiest schedule to the hardest based on I guess opponents um, uh, winning percentage. The Angels have had the sixth hardest, right behind the Blue Jays. So they really had a rough go at it. Not to mention they've been down guys like Rondon and Trout. And if they can bounce back, I can definitely see your point as to to them only being you know only seen up from here. Yeah. Hopefully taking over Houston or Oakland. All right. So. Yeah, obviously the Angels definitely have a good shot. I mean, do you want to go with your uh, your drown team? My drown, I would choose the Boston Red Sox. Now, this is not looking at any stats. This is solely from a <laughs> Blue Jays fan's perspective. <laughs> they have to lose. I genuinely hope. I really just want to see them in the basement. I don't know how the team is stringing wins together. They need to be in the basement. for my And I thought. don't think they can maintain this sort of consistency through 162 games. Um, and I just, I just don't see it happening. I don't believe it. It's not real. There, this is a dream. This is a phase. <laughs> they, who knows? They could come back and have the worst second half of the whole MLB career ever. It's just because of um, they're just getting good performances from guys like Bogarts and uh, like um, who else do they have? Devers, Martinez, Verdugo. Kike Hernandez. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they got Kike. That's kind of why as well. Like they, they got a good lineup, and I feel like the pitching is it's been okay, it's been good enough. The, the pitching is what the if the Jays had that pitching, the Jays would easily be top three team in the yeah, MLB. 100%. It's not yeah. not not to say that their their pitching is is stellar, but I mean it's way better than what the Jays have. Yeah, it's just so um, bo- it's bothers me so much to see them in first. The J- so uh, the. The Red Sox have had the 14th hardest schedule, so I guess they're middle of the pack. But coming up, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, they have the fifth hardest schedule for the remainder of the season, according to Power Rankings Guru. So they're they're basically going to have to really struggle through it. And and also, one thing I like about the site, too, is it ranks teams based on how well they've played against their competition. And that's just like, I guess, there's pretty good calculation put behind it. But the Red Sox rank ninth in the MLB just based on uh, uh, performance against their schedule and the Jays rank fourth so in the entire MLB yeah just based on how well they've been playing against the teams they've been put up against over the Rays Yankees and Red Sox all that wow. to be in third place wow hopefully they bounce back it's hopefully. like I've honestly never seen a team this good be in third no like, I mean obviously almost every year like a good team will get knocked out of the playoffs, but I mean, like not make it, but it, it's going to be really painful if we don't turn this around. 
Just uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, the AL East is just crazy. It's just too and, much. And then yeah. when they play head to head, they don't play as good as they should. Yeah, and then obviously Against, that has that has a lot to do with the bullpen as well. Yeah. No, I, I mean, bias aside, I I do see Boston going down, so I I will agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I mean, having that tough schedule coming up, you know, Jays. Jays finally get a break, and you know we'll, we'll we'll speak about this another time, possibly after the All Star break. But no, I, I think that's a good pick, actually. Uh, bias aside, Blue Jays bias aside. <laughs> and I just wanted to add one more thing before we move on about Boston. Um, if we if we're able to like just add a little more to the bullpen, and maybe stabilize it a little bit more in a five game se- in a uh, best of five series. Like the the Jays versus the Red Sox, I'm gonna take the Jays. I'm sorry, but Eduardo Rodriguez is getting lit up right now. Lit up, no, against the Jays. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's like, I just don't you're... see them being able to hold us back for a five game series. If you're putting Erod on the mound against Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon, Vladimir Jr., and George Springer. At oh the, my God. In, the, in front of the monster too, as like, a bloodbath. Yeah, like you're not it's gonna not even have funny. a good time. You're not gonna have a good time. And that that's without Teoscar Guriel, Biggio, Grichik, and McGuire, and possibly Kirk, possibly I, even Moreno. Just I was just about to say I forgot about Kirk too. That's yeah. nasty. Yeah. But then on the on the flip side, you know, if you're putting out whatever his name is. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to pick on Travis Bergen here. If you're putting in Travis Bergen in the eighth <laughs> inning against Xander, Rafael Devers, and JD Martinez, it's also not going to go over very well. As Jays fans, all we can do is hope that that's never going to happen. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I don't even mind Bergen either. He's just not a high leverage guy. Yeah. It's the, 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 the way the bullpen is right now. We're just pushing these like inning eaters into high leverage positions. And that's where, that's where we're getting burned a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, you want me to go on to my yeah, drip, sure. Drip, drip John? Sure. Yeah, I, it's a little, it's a little bit of a, a little stupid pick here. But I, one team that I'm gonna have drip is the is the Dodgers because, I mean, they haven't really been they've been injury ridden the whole season. What it, is what it feels like up to this point, and never felt like the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And I understand it's hard to repeat and all that. It's it, it's never easy to come back the same way you were it, some teams do it of course yes but it's, it's not the easiest thing especially when you have any, as many injuries as they have had but up until this point they've had um the 17th uh easiest sorry hardest schedule so that, i mean that's not it's not too hard but coming up though they have the 24th hardest schedule sorry 24th easiest i'm getting these mixed easiest. up because i've never really used this so i mean you know what's that seventh easiest schedule coming up that's oh no 24th hardest that was right yeah so, so seventh easiest schedule coming up for for a team that this site ranks as number one i i can only see them just winning as many games as possible from here on out you take you take a team oh go ahead especially since the giants have the seventh hardest schedule coming up and and what like the dodgers are like a half game back or one game back of the giants right now um i'll check real quick but i'm pretty sure if it's not one game it's a half game back Mm-hmm. Like you take a team like the Dodgers, and you put them against a really like 
you put an easy schedule in front of them, they can very, very quickly go on a huge run and just run away with it in the NL West. And that's so. that's kind of what they did last year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I hate this. I hate this whole talk of oh, it's an easy schedule thing. I hate I hate that. That's stupid. But I mean, they they played like Texas, Seattle, the Angels, Colorado, and Arizona, and a terrible Giants team last season for like mm-hmm. almost the whole season. So, and even even the Astros weren't even good last year. So they had a pretty easy schedule, which is why they had like a plus seven. Sorry, they had an over seven hundred winning percentage. So obviously, if they can beat, you know, these bad teams, they can do it again. Yeah, yeah, they definitely can, and I feel like the Dodgers always end up in a really good position, no matter what. Like, and obviously, we know that we know from the past little while that they're a pretty good playoff team as well. So, yeah, um, so they're definitely a good bet to make a pretty long playoff run. And I'll just let's go off to my drown, not make it too long. Uh, I see the Indians going down. I know I, I mentioned this a little bit last week in one of our, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we cut it off. But the the Indians up to this point have had the second easiest schedule, and and, they and hit. um, they're terrible <laughs> hitting. Yeah. I don't know. I like I understand they have an easy schedule, but I don't understand how they win games. I don't. I don't either. Like, it's just Ahmed like... Rosario, Eddie Rosario, Harold Ramirez. Like I know they have J Ram and some of those guys, but like. And their pitching is pretty good, I guess, too. But if you look at this site that I'm looking at here, again, Power Rankings Guru, they have the 16th uh, hardest schedule coming up. So that's not that's not anything too bad. But I mean, for a team that has had the second easiest schedule and no hitting, and you know, is down Beaver, I I don't see them getting any better from here, realistically. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've always looked at with the with the Indians as well is that they don't. Um, they'll never go and sign the big free agent. I feel like Not I mentioned all. this before, but like when when it was time for Lindor's free agency, it was just like the first thing that they could think of was okay, let's just trade him, see if we can get something from him before we ship him out. Like, <laughs> and, I don't know. And, that, that's not a good reflex from a team that should be contenders. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good way to win. Like you're never gonna get consistent win like that. Like I mean, when they had. Um, when they had those really good seasons, like in the mid 2010s, it was just off of like um, homegrown talent that was just basically playing on entry level contracts or like entry level salary, not making any money. And like, all, you know, all on their like, rookie contract. Yeah, like even just like five years later now, like all those guys are gone, except for like, yeah, I guess Ramirez. Think about all the guys that they've gotten rid of. I, I I know teams lose guys all the time. I know it's baseball and the, and the rosters are dynamic, but. You know, Santana, I know he left and came back. I get that. But, you know, Kipnis, um, Lindor, uh, Clevenger, Bauer, Bauer, uh, whatever his name is, Kluber. Yeah. Miller. Oh, I forgot about Andrew Miller. See, they they don't get any of these. Jan Gomes. They'll never re-sign someone. That's just like, they'll get get a guy. Like, I feel like they just got really lucky with that one, like, court that they had. They were all, like, switch hitters. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a good pick for Drown. Um, and they also play in the AL Central, so they're definitely Which not going to win that division. And with especially with like the White Sox being as good as they are, yeah, they're not going to beat out the White Sox. And the, the only reason they're winning games is they because they play Detroit, Kansas City, and Minnesota once every week, mm-hmm. and, if not twice. Yeah, and you got to be if you're not going to win your division, 
you're going to have to end up being elite, an elite team to get a wild card spot, especially in the American League. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's one thing that um, that's a good uh, that's a good pick. Yeah. What do you got um, for me? OK, so uh, for my drip, I chose Milwaukee, who have just kind of blown up last little while. I mean, they've always kind of been around the top of the NL Central there, but uh, last 30 games, they've been 22 and 8. Um, I don't know if you have any numbers about their schedule or anything, but um, it's been it's been really good for them recently. I know they don't really hit that much, but um, this is definitely an example of a team that's kind of like opposite to the Jays in a way, because like they are just basically abysmal at hitting. <laughs> but, you know, you got guys like Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, you know. Freddie Peralta. Yeah, Peralta, Hayter, Boxberger, Devin Williams. Like all these guys on horses. Yeah. They just they've they've got a ton of good pitching talent and it's really carrying them uh through these wins. Um, especially with uh you know, the way the NL Central is like, I mean, there's not much there, in my opinion. I uh, love the team in Milwaukee. I just like I like their pitching, I love the pitchers. I also love Yelich. Yeah, Yelich is great. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, they're they're a likable team. Yeah. I feel. Smokey. Is he still there? No, he's in Japan. Smoke went to Japan? Yeah, he's in Japan. Yeah. Since when? He's he's go he's raking right now in Japan. <laughs> like he he was like their best hitter. I think he came back because of COVID to like see his family. Yeah. But he was in Japan and he was just absolutely going off. What a guy. I know. Well, regardless, there's Silverhead. Is he still there too? I don't know. I love Silverhead as well though. But I, I love Yelich. Yelich will always be a favorite of mine. And I love Devin Williams out of the pen. I don't know why. He's great. That changeup is nasty. But I just think they have a really good chance to just take control of the division. And then that also goes hand in hand with my drown. I'm just going to keep it in the uh, NL Central here. I'm talking about the Cubs, who um, were basically thrown off of first place by the by the Brewers um, last little while. Because uh, they batted 188 in the month of June. And they had... Unacceptable. No, and that's not even the worst part. The worst part for me is that they had a total war for their position players of 0.3. Means they did nothing. Yeah, like how... Like that's... I Honestly, that's impressively bad to me. You got Chris Bryant. Like he's been bad. You got Baez. Rizzo. Yeah, they got Rizzo. Contreras. But Brian was one of the worst players in the month of June. That's why. That's why, though. All their their good players are just, they're not doing anything. And that's, um, it's sinking them right now because it's kind of like they're on a reverse trajectory with the Brewers right now. Well, it's not looking good for for the Cubs right now. I don't don't know if they, I think they can maybe turn things around. It's because the amount of talent that they have, but um, just with the the up, uprising of the Brewers, I just don't like their chances too much right now. This uh, this season, they've had the uh, the up until this point, they've had the tenth hardest schedule. But going on forward, they do have the they actually have the easiest schedule coming up. But to be fair, Cincinnati Reds have the 29th, and Milwaukee has the 27th, so they're like right there with them. So realistically, yeah. they just have to beat the guys around them, but. I mean that's hard when your your guys are putting up a zero point three war in an entire month. 
Yeah, like that's not that's not. I mean, I don't know how. I haven't really looked too much into their pitching, but how much is that really going to help you when you're just not scoring any runs? Especially negative runs. Yeah, it, that's honestly I've never seen anything that bad. It's terrible. It's like Baltimore level. For Even a team, that. for a team that's still in contention, like I expect that from the bottom feeders. <laughs> I don't expect that from the Chicago Cubs. This is a team with. Jock Peterson, Ian Hat, Jason Hayward. They, 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 essentially, they're kind of star-studded in a way. They, are. they, they, they have guys that have had good seasons. Mm. And, Ooh. I mean, uh, Bryant was hitting like an MVP earlier this year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Off the cliff. He slumped so hard. I, I feel so bad because, like, he had the all-star voting in the bag. And then once that started, he just went all the way down. And, and then Nolan – I mean, Nolan deserves it. But, I mean, he, he, he clearly had that. Yeah. Same with Austin Riley. Austin Riley fell off quite a bit, too. We'll get into all-star picks, whatever, later. Yeah. Um, no, for both those picks, I could, I could definitely agree with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always root for the Cubs. Um, I, I just like how their fans show up, man. Like, no, no one shows think. up like Cubs fans. I've got a bit of no one. The Cubs to... Don't say the Leafs. I was going to say Habs. No. They're like, more like the Leafs in my opinion. Like an iconic, like yeah, the Leafs. They're lovable losers. The I don't. I'm this. not comparing the success. I'm it's all there. I'm comparing their history and the fans. The history is the Leafs. No, it's all like, there. I'm not talking about their recent like. <laughs> okay, you can Leafs or the Habs are they're. I don't want to go too much into hockey though. But yeah, can you finish your. Point? I'm just saying they're they're. Um, Original team that is rich in history, and I just saw their fans come out. I was just trying to make a connection. <laughs> okay, well, I, I was the connection that I was gonna make is that they're like they had that long drought, yeah, 108 year drought, yeah. And I think today, well, it's because of that one guy in left field, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and today, much to uh, my own pain, uh, I think today the Leafs uh, have broken the record for the longest Stanley Cup drought in. NHL history, so we're not going to get into that. But I like Canadian. Yeah, I'm in pain. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously the Cubs did get their uh, their World Series at least, so that's good for them. That was an awesome and moment. They're not too far removed from that. Only five years, and they have a lot of the same pieces. So yeah, it's that's, really that's really weird. Like, I don't know. I, I I as much as I think that they are a drowned team, I do think that they can definitely turn it around. Yeah, actually, I'm going to agree with that, especially with an easier, easy, I'm doing quotation marks right now, easier schedule coming up. I think between them and Milwaukee, it's anybody's ball game to and, make the playoffs. The Reds are sneaky. The Reds are sneaky. I know you want to talk a bit about Joey Votto. Yes, yes. Here, let me, I only have a couple basic stats. I mean, it's only been whatever, two, three weeks, but. Since uh, the Monday, June twenty first, where they, they implemented the uh, um, what's it called the the umpire inspections, he's hit three forty four average with a nine fifty eight OPS, which for Joey Votto in the last five years is unheard of. Yeah, that those sound a lot like his early twenty ten numbers. One hundred percent. When I remember he made the All Star game. I mean, he's he's seen All Star games since then, but when he was really good in 2013, 2012, that kind of era, I mean, his on base percentage was way higher than it was now. But he hasn't seen a slash line like this in forever, so I wonder if there's any correlation there, 
or if he's just kind of hit a hot streak. I don't know, but I'll it's good see. to see good old Joey back. Yeah, I will say that um, it's definitely a small sample size, and it's definitely something that you could easily read too much into. But it is a little suspicious that it started right when the the expect inspection started, and they started to enforce the the rule a bit. Much like <laughs> the New York finance Garrett Cole. Ah, uh, yes. Terrible season, and now he's having even worse outings ever since the Good. rules begun. Good. Garrett Cole without the sticky substance is just Pittsburgh Pirates Garrett Cole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean like he. I don't know if how much of his uh, his success was from the sticky stuff, but it's really it's really odd for him too, and. Obviously, we talked about Votto. We talked about Cole, and I'm just wondering in the next coming next little bit of the season, yet the second half, if we're going to see more of that, like if it's going to become a little more clear how much it's really making a difference in the league, and I guess we'll see. And the thing of the thing, kind of to your point, you know, Votto being a small sample size is that we're kind of just looking at one guy's resurgence. If there was like five or six guys. Then that would mm. be like okay, maybe there's something, but yeah. but one guy, it might just be a little bit of a coincidence. Then it's it, just it definitely but, could, but it it is interesting. Yeah, ne- and ne- I, nevertheless, yeah, and I I just think that especially with uh, you know obviously the second half of the season coming up, I think we could definitely see more of it. Yeah, I don't think that's that's uh, too out there to say. But I mean, actually, that, that... go ahead. No, I just about to switch it up. Go ahead. Go ahead with yours, Aaron. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Uh, I was thinking, you know, since we're speaking of, you know, American League, uh, what are supposed to be aces, what do you guys think will start pitching for the AL and the All-Star game? Because the AL doesn't have very many good arms, from what I can see. Like, quality. Like, like yeah, here. No, I've noticed that, too. Like, it's really, really kind of thin. I guess Lance Lynn. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Like, let me read out. So, so for you know, for listeners, I I wrote out an entire list of thirty guys that I think this is what the MLB All Star Game roster is going to look like because I looked at the criteria and all that, and I just based off. So I'm looking at starters here. Here's the starter that I put for NL: Degrom, Woodruff, Gallen, only because Arizona is terrible. Wheeler, Gossman, uh, Freddie Peralta. Walker Buehler, Hugh Darvish, Max Scherzer, and Trevor Rogers, that guy from Miami. Now let's now let's go over to the AL. Okay, <laughs> Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Yusei Kikuchi, Kyle Gibson, and Ravi Ray. That doesn't even compare. Not even, not at all. Like maybe in Evaldi? the slightest. I don't know, Evaldi. I, I, I don't know. I didn't even write him down. It's possible, but I mean, I couldn't tell you. I, I Lynn to me is not an All Star game starting. Neither yeah. of these guys are. Cole would be if he if he wasn't so bad right now. It's it's really weird to me. I feel like this is kind of strange. Like there's really no like who's gonna win the Cyan? <laughs> Cole. <laughs> like honestly, because he's the front runner, just because of like the name value. I I don't know. Kakushi's really surprised me, and I I wrote down Robbie Ray not just because of a Jays fan. He actually hasn't had a terrible season. Yeah. It's been better than Ryu. Um, speaking of Jays All Star, how are you guys feeling with the three the three Jays All Stars starting? 
in the in the All-Star game. I'm, I'm really excited for Teoscar especially. I knew Semyon and Vlad are definitely going to be locks, but it's really nice to see some um, Teoscar there for sure. I remember I was watching the reveal live on ESPN. I was so hyped to see his name. I was like, that's Buxton Judge Trout. I already know it. And I saw yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the two names and I read Hernandez and it didn't really click. And then and I was like, oh, it's the Oscar. No way. And I was like, yeah. I was getting all hyped because I was like, I was so happy because I didn't think he was going to make it. And I saw the name because it was a surprise. Who would have thought? He was like fifth. Mm-hmm. Prior to the finals, I mean, he was like fifth. I also think Bo will probably make it as a reserve. I, I, I didn't write him down, but I'm hoping he does. Who would, who would it be over him, though? Like, Correa. Correa, right. I don't know. As, as much as we, we'd hate to, you know, whatever, Astros, whatever nonsense, he, he actually has had a great season. And I think he kind of rivaled. I know Bo finished over Correa in, in voting, but Correa and Bogarts were kind of close in mm-hmm. just war and, and stuff just like, like stats, that. Yeah. yeah, it's very close. They're, they're almost two different players in one. In yeah. one race, like Xander, Xander's a way more consistent hitter, but uh, Correa's raw power and just uh, just unbelievable defense just puts him right there with him. It's weird. It's gonna be really, really interesting to see um, who who they are, uh, the final rosters. But uh, we'll talk about that, I guess, next time when they next time we do an episode, the uh, rosters will be out and we'll be able to talk about all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I feel like this is a pretty good spot to end her off here. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. That concludes episode two. See you next week.